Well, I guess while I'm waiting, we'll just talk about healing. You know, God... No, we started, Alan started last week for the next few weeks. Does anybody know what we're going to be talking about? Encountering God. Now, how many of you in this room wants to have an encounter with God? Raise your hand. We all do, don't we? If we didn't, we wouldn't be here this morning. So, uh, I'm going to talk about encountering God. I'm going to talk about some stories in the Bible... I like to tell stories. Most of you that have been with me know I like to tell stories, but I'm going to tell some stories in the Bible of men and women of God that had an encounter with God that changed everything in their life. Most of them, you know these stories. But then I'm also going to tell some stories about people, people that had encounters with God that changed everything in their lives. So... I can, I can preach without that. So, because uh, I normally travel where you don't even have loudspeakers. You know, you're in the jungles and you don't have those things. But the first story I want to tell you is what happened in a jail not very far from here. Many years ago, I was a Gideon. And one thing we got to do as Gideons, we got to go to the Lone Oak County Jail they took us to a cell, unlocked the cell, and let two of us in. And we got to spend as much time as we wanted to in that cell. Got to share whatever we want. And I, I can tell you, when we walked in, a lot of the inmates put the covers over themselves. You see, they didn't want to hear what we had to say. But one morning, me and a man named Tom... He, he was a retired man from Assembly of God that loved to share the good news about Jesus. And in this big cell block they had in the jail in Lone Oak, there was about 30 beds, about 30 inmates. All the bunks were at one end, then they had an open area. Well, we would go to that open area and begin to talk. And Tom always started. And one day he, he would... He would talk about Jesus, what he did, how he paid the price for us. Then he'd always turn it over to me, and I'd talk about the love of God, how much God loves you, how much he, he died for you, and he did it because of his love for you. And one morning, most of the inmates there, I'll tell you, it's, sadly, it's 18 to 25-year-olds. But there was a man there about 50 years old. He was standing, and I, I noticed as I was talking about the love of God, he began to cry. Tears began to run down his face. So I told Tom, would you finish? I'm going to go talk to this man. I go over and talk to him. He said his name was Roy. He did, God could not love him because he's done so many bad things. He said, most of these young men in here are because of me. You see, he was a big drug pusher all over the state of Arkansas. I'd been in prison many times, but this time he was in for a long time. And he said, how could God love a man that's done all the bad things I did? And I began to share that no matter what you did, God will forgive you. And as I was talking to him, I noticed he began to make funny faces. And I said, is something wrong? And he said, I've had... I've been on drugs for a long time, and they, I don't have them here. 
and I'm going through recovery, and my head is killing me. It kills me all the time. So I said, can I say a prayer for you? And he said, well, sure. I reached up and touched him. And the minute I touched him, it was like a tornado hit. He flew. He flew on the floor. You can imagine all the young inmates, they all run. They didn't know what I'd done to him. You know, I, I was, I was kind of surprised too. But I noticed he was crying. And he sat up. And I said, Roy, are you okay? And he said, something just happened to me. He said, I don't know what it was, but something just happened. And he said, my headache's gone. But something else has happened inside of me. What is it? And I began to share. God touched him. And he stood up, and he cried for about 20 minutes, and I talked about Jesus. And he, then he received Jesus. I gave him a Bible because, you know, as Gideons, we pass out Bibles. And I gave him a Bible and said, read John. Just tell him something to read. Normally, I only went about every third week, but I wanted to go back the next week to see Tom. He was waiting on us when we come Sunday morning. He went and got every, because out of those 30 bunks, about half of them would stay under the covers. He made every one of them come up and listen to what we had to say. You see, they did. They obeyed him because they knew who he was. And he said, Harvey, I got to thinking about what you said. There was a man that turned me in is why I'm in jail. And I'm going to be in prison for a long time. I hate him. I want to kill him. And he said, I got to reading the Bible. He didn't just read John. He read John, John 1, 2, and 3. He devoured the Bible. He says, I want to tell you, I called that man. And he was shocked when, when he heard it was me to tell him I forgive him. You see, God, he had an encounter with God that changed everything. I went for the next few weeks. I don't know how many of these inmates he led to the Lord. He said, I'm going to the penitentiary. I, I never could. They wouldn't tell me where he was going. But he was going to go preach the gospel. He said, I can stay in this prison all my life. I just want to tell people about how good God is. Now think about that. An encounter with God, a man in prison who had done a lot of bad things. In one instant, his life was totally changed. Folks, that's what an encounter with God can do. It can do it. He wants to have that special encounter with you. All of you said you wanted to have an encounter with God, but it's an encounter that will change your life forever. You know, there's many encounters in the, in the Bible. I had some pictures. To, oh, they're up there. Where's my computer? <laughs> oh, this is, now this is our, uh, since I didn't have my computer, this is our mission statement. Alan read it last week. We create opportunities for people to encounter God and experience unconditional love, releasing them to live joyful, purposeful lives. Folks, that's what our lives should be, encountering God just like Roy, how he had a special encounter with God that changed everything in his life. Turn, turn to first, the next one. Now, this is Saul. You know, Alan mentioned him last week. He was on the road to Damascus. And he what? He encountered Jesus. The glory was so powerful. 
he fell off the horse. And he became Paul. What did he do? He wrote half of the New Testament. And you know the story of Paul. That was from an encounter with the Lord. Now what about the next one? You can tell who that is. Moses. Moses killed a soldier. He was afraid of the Pharaoh, so he ran. Went to a little town out in the desert. Lived there, worked, got a family, married. And then one day he was out in the field, and look what happened. He encountered God in a burning bush. Moses, a fearful man at that time. Remember he said he stuttered, he couldn't talk. He went up against one of the most powerful men in the world, the Pharaoh, and led the Israelites to freedom. Folks, that's what an encounter with God can do. And what about Jacob, the next one? Remember Jacob? He was a schemer, wasn't he? Trickster, what did he do to his brother Esau? Stole his birthright. Had a dream in Bethel. He, he, he changed it. His name was changed to Israel. Prince of God, he led the nation of God's people. That's what an encounter can do. Now remember the last one. You know who that is? The women at the well. Remember Jesus walked to a well. There's a woman at a well. He said, would you give me a drink? And she said, I'm Samaritan. You're not supposed to talk to me. What did he say? The drink I will give you, you will never thirst again. It changed her life. And then what? And remember, he told her everything she had ever done in her life. It changed her life. And she goes to the village for everybody else to see it. Folks, every one of these encounters I've told you changed people's lives. And because their lives were changed, it changed other people's lives. And what about you? Have you had that special encounter with God? A little over 20 years ago, I was raised in church. My mother, any time the church doors were open, we went. My mother, at, in our house, she talked about God all the time. She loved God. She loved to talk about Him, teach about Him, and pray. She'd get up 4 o'clock every morning and pray for two hours. She taught me to pray. I was raised praying to God. When I got older, I began to teach about God. And then I was invited on a mission trip to Guatemala. And it wasn't like we go now. It was, we had a pastor's conference right outside of Guatemala City. There was 400 pastors and their wives from all over Central America there. There was 12 of us there, and all week, Monday through Friday, we were teaching about what it was like to be a pastor, to run a church. But on Wednesday night, we had a service. And the man preaching preached on the healing power of God. I've been in church my entire life. Never heard that. Never. A church that loved God, loved to lead people to the Lord. As he was preaching, I said, is this real? And then he did something that 
he hadn't told us ahead of time. He lined us up. Six teams of two. And you can imagine, he said, if anybody's sick, come up and let these men pray for you. Well, you can imagine what I thought. I thought, man, I had never prayed for anybody for a miracle, for healing, for salvation. So I looked up, and man, here comes hundreds of people. I, uh, you know, I said, God, bring somebody easy to us. Maybe a headache, maybe a slight, maybe a slight pain. You see, I had no faith. Then all at once, a woman was dragging herself down the aisle with two canes. You see, this woman was born with a twisted body. She was only about this tall. Her right foot was facing backwards. And you could tell she was in pain every time she, and she was coming towards us. Man, my prayers got louder. God, take her somewhere else. You know, <laughs> But I kept focusing on her, and she came to us. God had something different. And she came up to us, and thank goodness the man with me had some faith. He said, man, let's lay hands on her and watch what God does. You know, I laid my hands and prayed to power, closed my eyes and said, God, make her feel a little bit better, hoping she'd feel a little bit better. But all at once, my hand was moving. I opened my eyes, and I almost passed out. You see, her body began to twist back into place before my eyes. Well, you can imagine you've never seen anything. And to see a body go from her that, to that tall. Within a few minutes, she threw her canes down and for the first time in her life ran and jumped and hollered. You can imagine I almost passed out. We probably prayed for another hour or two. I don't remember nothing. You see, I had a tremendous encounter, but I didn't want it to stop there. I saw the God of the Bible. I truly saw him. I cried all night long. I get back, and I couldn't tell many people around me what I'd seen because they thought I was nuts. But every day, I cried for hours. You see, I knew God. I knew he was my Savior. But all I did was know about him. I taught about him. I wanted to know him. Remember what Moses says, God, I want nothing from you but to know you better. Remember what God told Moses, because of your heart, I will never leave you. You see, that's what I wanted. I wanted to know God more than I ever had in my life. And I'm not kidding you, I cried for hours. Every night. And all at once, one day, I begin to feel his presence. Well, you can imagine the first time you encounter God in a real way. Man, I was like Isaac, and I'll talk about it in a minute. I said, woe is me. You know, I was in the presence of God. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was good enough. All of those thoughts, even though I'd served him for 20-something years, but God began to change that. You see, what he does, he'll open your eyes that you begin to see yourself different. You'll begin to see you are worthy. You have got a lot to do. That's what began to happen to me. But after two months of this, one day, 
He said, Harvey, I want to use you to bring faith for my power for heals and signs and wonders to the body of Christ. Well, you can imagine what I thought. You are crazy. I mean, really, I, I thought that. I'm nobody. That's what I thought. And I wrestled with that for probably two months with him about that because I was nothing, nobody. Even though I had been serving God all my life, I couldn't see myself doing that. But after a couple of months, one morning, I met with him and said, I don't know how, God, but I will do it. And you know what God said? Same thing he says to you. That's all I want. You be willing to go. I'll do it. And folks, that's what he's saying for you. Every one of you can walk in God's power. You can heal the sick. You can cast out demons. You can prophesy. All of these things is for you. You see, the moment, from that very moment after that, everything in my life began to change. I began to have more of a relationship with him. I, f I felt good about going into his presence. I began to hear his voice. I had prayed for 30, 40 years, but I never knew that I heard God's voice. And then I began to see signs and wonders and miracles. And it all happened because of one encounter. One encounter with him. But folks, that encounter changed everything in my life. You see, the reason I'm, telling my story, these other stories, is for you to have faith. You can have that same encounter. Maybe many of you have. I hope you have. But encounter where you won't quit till you get what God wants you to have. You see, you know, we love to come to church, don't we? We love to come and come up front and hope it's not long till we get to do that again and pray and holler and scream. Maybe cry, maybe cry a little bit, or get on our knees and pray, shout. But when we leave here, has our life changed? Now, I'm not saying we're not supposed to do this. I love it. I, I want to continue to do it. But it has to come to a place where something changes. You know, if you truly want to walk with God you have to actually walk with him if you want to hear his voice you have to listen and that's to have that intimate relationship with God you see I loved God almost all of my life I told you I served him I taught but I realized after I had that encounter, I was just talking about him. I was talking about the Bible. I didn't really know him. We can all talk about Michael Jordan, can't we? Remember who Michael Jordan is? One of the greatest basketball players of all times. We can say, talk about how great a basketball player he is and brag about him. But that's all we can do. Do we really know Michael Jordan? All we can do is talk about the things he did. But now what about his wife? 
His wife lives with him. She has a relationship with him. She knows his hurts, his pains. See, she can truly, she knows him. And that's what we're talking about with God. That we get to a place where we really know God. Where we know him intimately. To do that, we have to spend time with him. You remember in, uh, turn to Isaiah. Remember when Isaiah had an encounter with God. Remember he, he was, he, uh, remember what he said when he had that first encounter with God? Woe is me. And it's in, it's in Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year the king Uzzareth died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled with the temple. Above him were cherubim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen, my eyes have seen the King, the God of glory. Then one of the seraphs flew to me to, with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with thongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. You see, God says, I saw the Lord when he saw him. Folks, that's what you and me ought to, ought to say. And then what did he say when God says, Whom can I send? Send me. That's the way we should respond. Remember in that story, my story I told you, when he told me he wanted to use me to bring healing, I wrestled with that for two months. I couldn't say I'll do it. Finally, after two months, I said, I don't know how, but I will do it. Now, what if I had said no? My life would be totally different. I wouldn't be standing before you. I probably wouldn't be in this church. I wouldn't be traveling, seeing God do many signs and wonders or miracles. Because my life wouldn't be the same. Folks, it's the same with you. When you have that encounter with God, it doesn't just happen instantly. Remember, what if I had seen that miracle and went to bed praising God and thanking him for it and went home and didn't seek him like I did. Would my life have changed? When you have an encounter with God, you don't stop just there. You go after it. Seek him. God, what do you want me to do? What is there in my life for me? Honestly seek it, and you're going to find it. Just like he, he did. When Isaiah finally had that encounter with the Lord, he said, here I am. Send me. See, 
He wanted to do what God wanted him to do. You see, God has a purpose for every one of you in this room. He wants to use you. Don't hold back. Go after it. When you get up here in praise and worship and you get excited, go home and seek it. Don't just forget about it and say, I can't wait till next Sunday. Go after it, and then you'll be changed. Here's one more last story I want to tell you. Daniel turned the next one. See this sweet little girl? I was in another country having a school. It was a, a big mission house, and there was a lot of people there. And we were teaching. I was teaching one day, and the back door is kind of like I, our side door. It's got a window. Well, as I stand in there teaching, I noticed there was a woman. She was a prayer warrior for that mission's house. Her name was Rebecca, and she was going like this. While I, and, of course, I was trying to teach, and she kept going like this, which is hard to concentrate. So I, I finally waited till she didn't quit either. I finally waited till I got through and then took a break, go out there, and I said, Rebecca, what's going on? She said, man, a good friend of mine called, and her sister's daughter is in the hospital. They think she's dying. That's this little girl right here. They think she's dying. There's no hope for her. And she heard about our, our school and she, she wanted to know if we, some of us would come to pray for her. So I said, well, tell her we'll come at lunch because we'll have about an hour and a half. So me, Rebecca, and one of the pastors there, we went to the hospital. We get to the hospital, and Rebecca called the mother because the mother's sister had given Rebecca her sister's phone number, and she told them, we're here. We want to come up and visit and pray for your little daughter. And she says, no. Nobody can come up and see her. She is too sick. Rebecca said, well, we believe God can heal you. And she laughed at Rebecca. She said, I don't believe that. Finally, Rebecca talked her in to at least coming down and talking to us. So the woman came down. She was very cold. And we started talking. I started sharing with her. And she says, I don't believe anything you're saying. My daughter's going to pass away. And I said, listen, can I go up and say one short prayer? She said, okay, you can go. The rest of them can't go. So we go up the room, and I walked in on her. This little girl had a tumor the si size of a grapefruit right there. She hadn't eaten in weeks. They were feeding her through a tube. She'd been asleep almost in a coma for days, just waiting the, the tumor was so big, the doctor was afraid to do surgery. There wasn't much they can do. So I talked to the mother for a while, and then she said, okay, it's time for you to go. And I said, can I say a prayer? She said, okay, short. So I couldn't go lay hands. I just stood there and prayed. Commanded the sickness to go, and I, I can't remember what I prayed. So she took me downstairs, and she kind of said, well, thank you all for coming, and we left. We didn't see anything happen. The next morning, I was teaching again, and I looked through the windows, and guess what? There's Rebecca jumping up and down. Well, I couldn't hardly finish my lesson because she was so excited. And so finally, I, I probably hurried through my lesson and went back there, and she started hugging my neck. She says, the mother called, wants us to come to the hospital. 
soon as we can that something good has happened. That's all we knew. So, man, I had somebody else teach the next lesson to me and the, the pastor and, and Rebecca went. We get to the hospital, we go up to the room, and here's this girl sitting up, no tubes on her. Her mother hugging her neck, totally different woman. But she was loving on us. And she says, this morning, when my daughter woke up, she told me, I'm hungry. And mom said, mom, first time she'd seen her awake, she said, you can't eat. I'm hungry. So the mom called a nurse, comes in there and looks at her and noticed something was different about her stomach. Goes and gets the doctor. They took her and run tests. No tumor, no sickness. I got to spend I don't know how long talking to that woman about God. She received Jesus. She visited us in that missions home twice to know, learn more about Jesus. Rebecca started ministering to her. It, her whole family got saved. Folks, that's what an what a encounter with God can do. You know, you have a, a, an encounter that changes your life but then you're going to change somebody else's life. So go after an encounter. I know we all want to have them, but it's not just to have I love to have an encounter up here or, or wherever I am, but it's more than that. You take that encounter and use it to do something. Seek God. And I tell you, every one of you in this room have a lot to give. God is waiting for you to become all that he wants you to be. But folks, you need to seek him. Seek his presence in your life, then go share it with everybody. That's what happens when we have encounters with God. So, you know, just like, like Isaiah, I saw the Lord. Lord, open my eyes that I can see. Let me see the lost as you see them. Let me see the ways that I can encourage others to see you. Folks, that's what God wants us to do. To open our eyes that we can see the Lord and then bring others to the Lord. I'm going to read... Uh, oh, everybody stand. Please stand up. Second Chronicles 7.14. You're all probably familiar with this. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Folks, God wants to have an encounter with you. You all said you wanted to, so I want you to close your eyes and listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask some questions. Would the elders come on up front? The elders, in a few minutes when I release you, are going to be up here to pray for you. And they're going to pray about some of these questions. So close your eyes and seek God. Seek His presence. Do you want to have an encounter with God and your life change forever? I know you want to. I mean, put that in your heart. Do you want to be the church? Everywhere you go, you're the church. Do you truly want to be that? 
Has, ever, has God ever asked you to do something and you said no? We've probably all done that sometimes in our life. Is there something in your life that you want to be free from? Physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is, this morning God wants to set you free. If you have any physical problems, emotional problems, any type of problems, if you want to encounter God, then come up to these people and let them pray for you. And you receive what he has for you. You know, we thank you guys for being here this morning. And folks, what I talked about, God's waiting with his arms. Oh, he didn't do that last one. It's okay. With his arms open wide to receive you, no matter what you need, he's waiting for you with his arms open wide. He's waiting for you to come up here and receive whatever you need from him. Father, we just thank you for their presence this morning. We thank you for everyone in this room, Lord God. Father, we ask you to have a special encounter with everyone in this room. And then let them seek after it. Let them hunger for it. And don't quit till they receive what you have for them. And change each one of our lives, Lord where we'll never be the same, that we won't just come to church, but we're going to be the church everywhere we go. We thank you for your presence. We thank you how you're going to touch people. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We thank you guys for being here. If you need prayer for anything, come up.